0: This is a Saltil Media original podcast.
1: Hello, welcome to the Ireland podcast. This is Fender Jackson. It's Friday, the best day of the year. And I'm releasing another episode. I usually release one episode a week and here I am with my fourth or maybe even my fifth one this week. I have lost count, there's been so many. I'm not used to working so hard. I needed some downtime too, so... If you check out my Instagram page, you'll see a couple of songs that I've recorded. Rough and ready. I don't care. You can search for them if you like. Just look for Fender Jackson or don't, because I don't care about that either. Anyway. Anyway. Yesterday was the 1500th anniversary of St. Bridget. 1500. Count that. No. Keep going. Okay. Right. And my mind was being drawn towards Breed Rogers. Who's Breed Rogers? Yeah, good question. Breed Rogers is a retired politician. She's part of John Hume's Social Democratic and Labour Party. She was the Minister for Agriculture and Rural Development. Try saying that in her Friday evening after a few drinks. Minister for Agriculture and Rural Development. Yep, you can still do it. Good on you, well done. Give yourself a round of applause. <laughs> Whatever. Aye, whatever. Like, Breeds was one of those key players back in the day of the civil rights movement of the 1960s, and she helped deliver the Good Friday Agreement, also known as the Belfast Agreement, because they can't even agree on what to call a peace deal up there. That agreement was quite instrumental in ending that 30-year conflict on our island, which also sadly spread to other shores. I interviewed Breach at length as a way of marking the 25th anniversary of that peace deal. It's worth checking out. It's available in episodes 6 and 7. Such is the length of that conversation. But you'll have listened to that already, won't you? Good on you, thanks. Yeah, right. Subscribe! Anyway! hi anyway! With it being such a monumental week for Northern Ireland, also known as the North of Ireland because they can't even agree on what to call that place up there. I thought it'd be a good idea to check in on Breach's thoughts regarding the potential restoration of power after a two-year collapse of government. Count that. One year. Two years. Actually, it's not quite two years yet, is it? Patrick McGuire, why don't you go on to chat GBT and see whenever... Northern Ireland, power fell apart last. 3rd of February 2022, you say? There you go, we got another day. You know, Northern Ireland politics reminds me of the politics of USA. There's two main parties and they seem to hate each other. There's a great title of a book. I say title because I have yet to read it. I love the title though. P.J. O'Rourke, he wrote A Cry From The Far Middle. That applies to Northern Ireland just as it does the U.S. Oglise. With this podcast, I try to make it as central politically as possible, or at least balanced. You'll hear in my interview with Breej that I want to interview Daphne Trimble. Daphne Trimble is the widow of the late David Trimble. David Trimble was the leader of the Ulster Unionist Party and he received his Nobel Peace Prize on the same day as John Hume. I have reached out to the Ulster Unionist Party but they have yet to respond one month or even three months later. Maybe one day they will reply to my email. Just to say no. (laughs) That would be nice enough. No, we're not going to pass on your ridiculous request, Fender Jackson. Thanks, you, I appreciate the email at least. This podcast has no political objective, except maybe make the world a nicer place. It's not a spokesperson for any political party, nor is it funded by those, those people. In fact, it's not funded by anybody. I'm Shell Knight left, right and centre here. Give me a break. Follow and subscribe and all that stuff. Rate it. Well, thanks. Send your granny to it. The Ireland Podcast is your celebration of the island, and to offer anyone who is interested a flavour as to what happens here. Paul Attics, whilst a huge part of this island's past, present and future, and therefore quite unavoidable, is only one part of the many, many elements that make up this brilliant part of the world. So without any further crack, on the 1500th anniversary... Oh, St. Bridget, I bring you Breach Rogers. Sure, where else would you get it? Bands, will you cease to exist momentarily? I'm Patrick McGuire, and you're listening to the Ireland Podcast. Hello? Hello, Breach. Hello. This is Fender Jackson Breach. Huh? Who? Fender Jackson, you know that guy that, guy that you know?
0: Oh, right, right, right. I know you. I know, I know you. Okay, right.
1: <laughs> Breach, I wanted to wish you a happy day today because it's the 1500th anniversary of St. Bridget. Of oh,
0: St. Bridget. Oh, thanks very much. That's very kind of you. <laughs> I'm out walking. I'm out for a walk.
1: Oh, good on you. Here, can I record yeah. a quick conversation just to see what your name means to you? Would you mind that?
0: Oh, that's all right.
1: Hi. So I'm doing a series actually on um, on St. Bridget, and I was interested, yeah. I was thinking of you because of your name, and I was wondering, what does your name mean to you?
0: Well, I know that I was called for my paternal grandfather, but I always liked the idea of being being a Bridget, because I know... The history of St. Bridget and all that, so I always think St. Bridget's Day is special. La illa as we say in Irish.
1: And did it give you a form of strength throughout your career?
0: I wouldn't think so, to be honest, no. I never thought about it that way, you know, but uh, I just liked... I always, because it was always the custom where I grew up in Donegal, of the breath you know, putting out the rag on... St. Bridget's Eve. And then all the local footballers when they were playing club matches, they used to put the 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 Brath into the bottom of their shoes for luck. Right. So the you know St. Bridges was very special where I was growing up and they all made the St. Bridges crosses and all that, you know.
1: I I talked with uh, sister Rita and Sister Rita is a Brigidine sister in Solace of Regia in Kildare. And yeah. uh, I was. she was hymning and hawing about whether to talk with me, and then I said, well, I interviewed Breed Rogers, and she lit up, she says, she's the <laughs> agricultural minister. And then I said, that's right. <laughs> and then she says, I, I remember that woman because she was the agricultural minister and because of St. Bridget and her connection there, because St. Bridget was very, con- very well connected to, to the earth she and the to land. animals. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's right, yeah. So anyway, no, I think St. Bridget's Day was a big day where, where I came from and Johnny Gallo was from against that. And, you know, it was the eve of St. Bridget's was big because they all put out the little rag and then that was the breath of Regia and they used it during the year, you know, it's a protection and lots of things. And as I said, the local football team used to put put a a, brat, a little Brat O'Greja in their boots when they were playing.
1: And did it help and, them to the think... Way,
0: By the way, they won eighth county championships, so that wasn't
1: bad. There you go, it must have done something. (laughs) (laughs) And another interview I got recently was with the Mozart of Derry, Mr. Phil Coulter. I was telling him that I was interviewing you, and he said, Oh, Breed's Rogers. I know her from my times in Guidor. Isn't the world such a small place, Breed's, especially around Ireland?
0: Phil Coulter? Aye. Oh, yeah, well, he used to come to Gidor on his holidays, along with John Hume and all that crowd, yeah.
1: And did you hang out with Phil?
0: We all went out together. At night, we all went. We, we, we had great sing-songs in Gidor and Phil would be there. And he'd be. I'll tell you a funny story about Phil. Hold on. I'm just getting into my flat here. Uh, you know... Shall I call you back in five the, the minutes? U- so call you what? back in five there minutes? There was a local hotel built it's a big on the beach. It's uh-huh. gone now, but it's well it's all down now. But um, the owner, the wife of the owner, wasn't terribly clued into things. But they got a, a new organ, a lovely new organ for the hotel because they used to have people there at night singing. Uh-huh. And one day morning after they got the new organ, she went in and she found this fellow playing playing away on her organ. And she went over to him and she tapped him and she said, by the way, she said, do you realize that's a very expensive piece of music? And he said, oh, yeah, that's okay. And he got up, Phil Coulter. <laughs>
1: well, Phil was <laughs> paying it. just got up and
0: never said a word.
1: Phil was paying it.
0: It was Coulter that was, he was trying out the organ, you see. And right. she didn't know who he was. And she thought that she could, this fella, you know, would <laughs> turn about on our, our new expensive organ. And she said... Do you realise that's a very expensive piece, <laughs> piece of equipment? And yeah. Phil got up and walked away, said the, nothing. <laughs>
1: the thing about the thing about Phil, I'm sure in the northwest of Ireland it doesn't take him much to put him back in his box.
0: No, no, but I mean Phil Phil enjoyed it like he thought it was very funny, you know.
1: Yeah, a bit of crack.
0: She was chasing Phil Coulter away from playing in a hotel. <laughs> Lots of people would be paying him.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hey, I, anyway,
1: hey, you know what people are saying about uh, the developments up in the north? They're saying it's back. It's the backstop for slow learners. Have you heard that saying? Yes,
0: definitely. It's of course. Well, you know, Seamus Mann said that uh, the Good Friday Agreement was Sunningdale for slow learners, and this is this is again for slow learners. The problem is, when will they ever learn? That's the real problem because you know, there's still a lot of opposition to it. Hmm. And I was reading this morning in the Irish News that the, the loyalists, whatever they call themselves, that loyalist group, that their their main opposition is to the fact of having uh, a Catholic or Sinn Féin First Minister. And I, I listened to um, the newsletter editor the other day talking about, you know, that loyalists or unionists weren't really opposed to power sharing. It was the idea of having you know a Sinn Féin first minister, and I thought to myself, they had the opportunity of having an SDLP first minister, or you know, at Sunningdale, and they had the opportunity uh, afterwards, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't agree to share power with SDLP. So, you know, <laughs> Not much was, has
1: changed.
0: Yeah, nothing has changed. It's very, very hard to know. I just hope that this time it works, but I wouldn't put money on it. I hope it does. But you just never know how how strong or how vociferous the reaction will be to it. You know? But it looks as if Geoffrey eventually has sort of made a very good case and has gone around and prepared them for it. But, you know, I wouldn't be, you know, okay, if he finally did what he should have done all along, but look at the damage that has been done to the North's economy, to the health service and everything, and the people that have suffered for two years. I wouldn't be giving him kudos for the fact that he eventually... Uh, decided to do the right thing. I mean, thankfully he did. But, you know, why did it take two years? They could have got what they got, they could have got through the Assembly by, you know, making the case for changes.
1: What about the argument that he couldn't have done it two years ago because the rest of the people were behind him and he had to take them with him?
0: Well, there's a certain amount of truth in that, but it shouldn't have taken him two years to really... I mean, he should have been working on that. He should have been able to bring them with him in in... you know, earlier than two years when the place was run down, uh, I know he had to take them with him. But has he even taken them now? You know, I think there's that hard line. If you look at his MPs and five out of seven of his executive council, and you know, he has the same opposition actually as Trimble had. You know, Trimble had the same amount of support from his own party as as uh, Jeffrey Donaldson has. But you know. I still think to to allow the North to go down the tubes, if you like to put it that way for two years and getting worse and worse and worse, and just to to st- you know to stand aside for in a, in a sense for political reasons you know to save the to save his own skin in a way to not let him become another David Trimble. I looked at Daphne Trimble being interviewed last night, I think it was on Channel 4, and I've been thinking about her a lot for the last week because I thought, you know, she must be saying to herself, my God, this is the guy who, who stabbed Trimble in the back and now he's in the same position.
1: Mm, yeah. Actually, it's history re- repeating itself, I actually reached out. To, remember we talked and you I asked you about suggestions. who should I who else should I interview? You suggested yeah. Daphne. And um yeah. I reached out to you P, but there was no response from them So hopefully hopefully I'll be able yeah. to get her in the future.
0: She's very good. You know, I, I like Daphne. I got on well. So she's very good. and she's very, very articulate and very bright and very tuned in to the political situation, you know.
1: Mm, she'd be a so, great person to anyway. get. Here
0: she would, she would. I just anyway, wanna okay. I just wanna ask you yeah. bef-
1: I just wanna ask before you go, how how's your health? You sound pretty good. You like you walked up the stairs there quite I effortlessly.
0: Thought, oh, I did, yeah. My knee is fine. I had my operation over my now in September and my knee is going the ding-dong, you know. I'm, yeah. I've just walked about, I'd say, a mile and a half. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, brilliant. Are, how's your father, by the way?
1: Oh, he's he's brilliant, actually. Thanks very much for asking. He's way out in France, would you believe that? He's skiing with his children and his grandchildren and the in-laws and the outlaws. And then this he week...
0: What age you say? What age you say?
1: He's, he, you say? he's 84,
0: and he's still skiing. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh I'll, st- I'll send you a video.
0: <laughs> well, I was out I was out in the north of France, it's quite near the Italian border, actually. My daughter oh. she has a place there. Oh, uh, lovely. Anyway, she had asked all the women in the family, that's her sisters and her sister-in-law and her adult nieces and myself, it was nine of us, uh-huh. to go for a week. And she organized the whole thing and they had a great time skiing. And she she gave she got me to go skiing on a sort of a thing that you sit on, and a, a skier goes goes and takes you down the mountain. You're not Whoa. skiing, but you get the sensation, you know. Aye. So I did that, but then I'm I'm just on the verge of eighty nine. So
1: wow, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but it, it was great. It can be very bumpy those things. <laughs>
0: They were great. I didn't I didn't mind it. I mean I really enjoyed it. You know, we went up to the very, very top, the highest top of one of the Gee. slopes. And there's a place called um oh I can't think of the name of it. It's on it's on the borders of France. The the nearest airport two hours away is Turin, mm. but borders of Italy. But anyway, it was a great experience. Yeah. We were there for a week. Hey,
1: whenever I so, was leaving you last time, um, I saw a photograph in your hallway and I, I, I'm I kicking myself I didn't take a photograph of it. It was you and John Hume and Bill Clinton. Yeah,
0: yeah. Could, could you, you want me to send it to you? Oh, Council. aye. Would, would you do yeah. that? Yeah, well surely. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks. Listen, tell your father I tell your father I was asking for him and I can't believe that he's still been skiing in his eighties. Fair play to him.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, great. Must it must
0: be the dairy air. It must be the dairy air.
1: A bit of that. <laughs> okay, Breach. Well it's great to hear that you're doing well and I wish okay. you all the best for this special anniversary.
0: Okay, thanks. Thanks, Breach. Thank you. Bye. Cheers Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Yay!
1: This has been a Social Media Original Podcast and production.